Thanks for listening to another episode of Thinking Biblically about things that matter. Um, my name is Steve Ron. I'm the pastor, one of the pastors, First Baptist Church in Warsaw. And today we're starting a new series on the topic of shame. Um, shame is something that is incredibly common. There are I mean, there are definitely some people who who suffer it or, or um, experience it much more than other people do. Um, but I can I can guarantee that shame is either a battle for you personally or is a battle for someone you care deeply about. Um, and and that gets talked about a lot more than it used to. I think some of that is because we I think. In the year 2022, we, we generally talk about our feelings and our inner workings and, and what's happening inside of our hearts and minds. We talk about that much more than we did in generations past. But just because it gets talked about a lot doesn't mean that it gets talked about well. Um, it doesn't get talked about in biblical ways. Um, even when it's Christians who are doing the talking, um, so we want to figure out what the Bible says about shame. Now, we can know for sure that, that it's an important topic in the Bible. The English word shame shows up 174 times um, in, the, in the ESV. The, the word ashamed shows up another 63 times. The Bible has a lot to say about a topic that greatly impacts many people. So we need to be able to think biblically about it. Um, so the, the dictionary definition of shame, if you, if you checked out like Oxford English Dictionary, for example, it would say, shame is the painful emotion arising from the consciousness of something dishonoring, ridiculous, or indecorous in one's own conduct or circumstances, or in those of others whose honor or disgrace one regards as one's own, or as being in a situation which offends one's sense of modesty or decency. So that's the, that's the dictionary definition. Um, Ed Welch is a Christian counselor that I greatly respect, and here's the way he describes it. Um, and this is a good, short, concise way to get a good ham- handle on what shame is. Welch says that shame is the deep sense that you are unacceptable because of something you did, something done to you, or something associated with you. You feel exposed and humiliated. I'm going to read that again. Shame is the deep sense that you are unacceptable because of something you did, something done to you, or something associated with you. You feel exposed and humiliated. There are many people who carry this around with them every day. It shows up in a variety of ways. It shows up like in the obvious ways, in the, when someone um, is trapped in self-injury or in anorexia or something like that. Um, but it also shows up in, in much less obvious ways, like shyness or arrogant boast, boasting. Um, and, and that d- definition, that description seems pretty open-ended, doesn't it? 
basically what we're saying is shame could be felt in many ways and for many reasons. Yeah, yeah. Thank thankfully, as we turn to Scripture, we see that the Bible directly addresses shame in all of its complex forms. And what we want to focus our attention on today is this simple question. Here's the question we're going to look at in, in today's lesson. When is shame appropriate? When is shame appropriate? For a variety of reasons, the modern person thinks that shame is a feeling that we need to get rid of as soon as possible, or we need to ignore as much as possible, right? That, so, so the idea basically is that shame is just always bad, always inappropriate, and should always be ignored, should always be pushed through, should always be pushed away. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that there are times when we should feel ashamed, when, when shame is good. There are times when we have this deep sense that we are unclean, that we are unfit, that we are unworthy, that we are outsiders and, and undeserving. And the Bible says that's a good thing. It's sometimes very appropriate to have a deep sense of shame. Now, in our next lesson, we'll talk about when it's not appropriate, because there are, there are also many times when shame is not appropriate. Um, but today, we want to think just about this idea of, of when is shame appropriate. So we have, we have six reasons, all right? So our lesson today is, is six reasons why shame is sometimes very appropriate. All right, so we're just going to work through those six reasons. Number one, shame is appropriate when we have sinned against God. And we see this right away in Scripture. In Genesis 2.25, Adam and Eve are described as naked and unashamed. But then after they sin in Genesis 3, the story changes. Genesis 3, 7, and 8, they, their eyes are both opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So, so they are still ashamed, are still naked. They are still naked, but now they are ashamed. They want to hide from God. They see themselves as, as unpresentable before him. So this is more than a sense of guilt. They have a sense of shame as well. Guilt is the recognition that we have done something wrong. Guilt is associated with a particular sin or sins that we have committed. But shame is different. Shame is a sense that I am bad. Guilt says I have done something bad. Shame says I am bad. And so our own personal sin brings about feelings of shame. So we see this all over Scripture. We could read a lot of Scripture verses that sort of back up this idea that shame is appropriate when you have sinned against God. But I just want to read, like, for example, Ezekiel is talking to the people of Judah in Ezekiel 16, and he's comparing them to Samaria. And he says, Samaria has not committed half your sins. You have committed more abominations than they. Bear your disgrace. Bear your disgrace because of your sins in which you have acted more abominably than they. They are more in the right than you. So be ashamed. 
and bear your disgrace. Be ashamed. Ezekiel is tying this this idea that they, they absolutely should feel a sense, a deep sense of shame because of their sin. Sin should bring, sin, sin should bring a sense of shame. It is appropriate to feel shame because of our sin. So that's the first, that's the first reason why, why shame is sometimes appropriate. All right. It, 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 because, because we have sinned against God. Number two, number two, the second reason is shame by association is also sometimes appropriate. Shame by association is also sometimes appropriate. In Ezra chapter 9, Ezra hears about the sins of his people. It's not sins that he has committed, but it's sins that his people have committed. And he says in verse 3, As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak, pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat appalled. And then, and then he, then when it's time to pray in the evening, he 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 falls down on his knees and spread out his hands to the Lord, his God, saying, "Oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens." Ezra is ashamed, even though he himself did nothing wrong. Jeremiah does much the same thing in Jeremiah 3. He says, let us lie down in our shame and let us dishonor ourselves for we have sinned against the Lord our God. Jeremiah doesn't feel ashamed because of his own guilt. He feels ashamed because of the guilt of his people. The same with Ezra. So there are times when a godly person feels an appropriate shame for the sins of those they are associated with. There are times when we when we should feel ashamed, not for sins we have done, but for the sins of our people. Number three, the third reason why shame is sometimes appropriate, shame is appropriate when it distinguishes us from unbelievers. Jeremiah 6.15 was talking about unbelievers, those who have rejected God. And he says, were they ashamed when they committed an abomination? No. They were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Zephaniah 3.5 says that the unjust knows no shame. It is a sign of an unjust person when they feel no appropriate shame. They should sense that they are bad. They should sense that they are bad, that they are outsiders, that they, that, that they are on the outside looking in. They should sense, they should experience the sense of, of, of neediness and nakedness and ex exposure and, and humiliation. But they don't. They were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. So shame is appropriate when it distinguishes us from unbelievers. Number four, shame is appropriate when it motivates us towards repentance. Psalm 83.16 says, Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek your name, O Lord. Jeremiah 13 is even more explicit than that. Jeremiah 13 says, Hear and give ear, be not proud, for the Lord has spoken. And, and then he says to the people, Give glory to the Lord your God before he brings darkness before your feet. Stumble on the twilight mountains and, 
And while you look for light, he turns it to gloom and makes it into deep darkness. But if you will not listen, my soul will weep in secret for your pride. And the Lord says to these people at the end of that chapter, he says, I myself will lift up your skirts over your face and your shame will be seen. Shame is appropriate and this is this is this this can't get any more explicit and humiliating and embarrassing this is intense shame that god wants to bring down upon these people so that they will seek the lord before it's too late so that they will come to an understanding that they are on the outside looking in they are naked and exposed before him they they should feel that Shame is appropriate when it, when it moves us to repentance. And then number five, shame is appropriate when God uses it as punishment. So shame is not simply something God uses to warn people of coming judgment. Sometimes it is the judgment itself. It's, it's a huge part of the judgment itself. The Bible often speaks of people being put to shame. And oftentimes what it means is, is death and eternal punishment after death. Psalm 6.10 6, uh, 10 says, all my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Isaiah 41, 11 says, Behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. God puts his enemies to shame. And sometimes what this means is eternal shame. It's death. So shame is is appropriate when God uses it as punishment. And so, so I say all of this to and, and those, so these first five are really they're really about unbelievers. They're really about about people who. who need to feel this sense of shame um, in, in, order, in order to seek God, in order to, in order to repent of their sin, in order to, to understand by His grace that th- they need to be covered. <laughs> They need their shame taken away. They need to be brought in. They are outside and they need to be brought in. They are, they are naked and they need to be covered. They are unworthy and they need to be cleansed. They, so, so God uses shame. Even, even the, in that first one, or that second one we mentioned, the, the, the shame of believers. So sometimes believers express great shame over the sins of, that they haven't committed. And sometimes God uses that to bring unbelievers to repentance, to help them to see the seriousness of what they've done. And more than that, the the shamefulness of, of who they are. So sometimes shame is appropriate. But then this last one, this last one is... Um, is aimed more at believers. And so the Bible is clear. Sometimes shame is appropriate 
when it stirs believers towards obedience. That's our, that's our sixth reason that shame is sometimes appropriate. Number six, shame is sometimes appropriate in stirring believers towards obedience. Paul wraps up 2 Thessalonians this way. He says, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And so what Paul is, is sort of briefly describing there is, is, is the idea of like church discipline. It's, it's the idea of if, if there is a person in your church who refuses to obey the word of God. And they don't, I mean, they don't care. There's no repentance. There's no sorrow over sin. They're not fighting against their sin. It's not like, because we all struggle. We all struggle with sin. And we all take two steps forward and one step back. And we all have to confess and, 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 and then repent and then turn away from our sin and then fight against it. And, and we all, it's, it's a battle for all of us. Sanctification is a process for all of us. But then if you come across someone who claims to be a Christian and they're part of your church but, and their sin is pointed out to them, but they refuse to repent and they don't even seem like they care about it, then, then take note of that person. Paul says, have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. That he may be ashamed. This is the way we warn our brothers. We, we, we want the person who doesn't have that pang of conscience, who, who doesn't feel bad about their sin and doesn't feel bad about the way they are, the way they are dishonoring the gospel. We want them to feel that so that they they pursue genuine repentance and and they they pursue genuine holiness paul also says to timothy do your best to present yourself to god as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth i think about this i personally as a pastor think about this verse often i don't want to i don't want to be ashamed I don't. I, I, when, when I consider the, the 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 intensity with which I work at preparing sermons, studying the word, teaching the word, preaching the word, defending the truth, I want to do this as a person who has no need to be ashamed. I, I want to honor the the the, the pastors. Um, past, present, and future. I want to bring bring honor on them. I want to I, I want to I want to honor their sacrifice and their hard work. I want to be in and amongst them. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to be ashamed. And much more than that. Uh, I want to be able to pillow my head at night knowing I've worked hard because the glory of God was at stake. Because the, the, the truth and the, and the veracity and the clarity of his word was at stake. 
because the reputation of the gospel was at stake. I don't want to be ashamed. So Paul has no problem using the idea of shame to to motivate believers, stir up believers to to, to obedience. In, in 1 Corinthians, he, he, he handles it two different ways. There's a, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 4 where he doesn't want them to be ashamed. And then, but, but down in chapter 6, when he's talking about them, them bringing lawsuits against each other, he says, I want you to be ashamed. I say this to your shame. And so there are some, so there are some troubles that that Corinthian, and Corinthian church had a lot of troubles. Some of the troubles, Paul says, I don't want you to be ashamed about this. I just want you to do better. I just I don't say this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. You can do better. I don't want I don't want you to be ashamed. I want you to do better. But then sometimes he says, if you if you if you guys are just suing each other, I mean you should feel ashamed about that. You should wake up from your stupor and just say, What in the world is wrong with us? This is ridiculous. You should feel ashamed. So so here's an example of a godly man, the apostle Paul who sometimes attempts to make believers feel shame and in order to stir them up to good works. He doesn't want them to wallow in their shame. And we'll talk much more about that next week. But what we have to see, if we're going to think biblically about shame, because next week we have to, we have to get into the idea of inappropriate shame because there is a lot of that there are a lot of ways we feel shame and we should not. We, we feel inappropriate shame. And then there are also just ways where, where, yes, we felt appropriate shame. Shame was appropriate. It was good that we felt it. But then when we, when we, when we know the, the forgiveness of Jesus, when he is our hope, when we're covered in his righteousness, when we've confessed our sins and we're fighting against unholy, unholiness in our lives, then, then we, should, we should no longer, we should no longer be trapped in a sense of shame. We're going to talk about those things in, in the weeks to come. So this week, though, we, it's really important that we, we understand sometimes shame is, is appropriate. And if we're going to, if we're going to think about it in our own hearts in a biblical way, and if we're going to and we're going to help our, our brothers and sisters in Christ think about it in a biblical way, we have to start there. We have to start by, by understanding, by realizing, by admitting, sometimes shame is appropriate. Next week, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll dive into when it's misplaced, when it's inappropriate, when we're feeling something that we shouldn't feel. We'll dive into that next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Thank you.